The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're pleased to be joined by pro sports handicapper, former legend Annapolis Valley running back. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Ian Mac Betts. Um, you can also check out his podcast on all of your streaming platforms, the Bacon Bets podcast. We're joined by Ian McMillan. Ian, thanks for coming on today, buddy. Boys, thanks for having me. It's good to see you. It's good to be here. I'm, I'm glad we can finally do this. Absolutely, my man. So what's going on? How's life in New York? I guess we can kind of tell the listeners that you've recently moved to the small city of New York City, the Big Apple. How are things there? How's life outside of the small province of Nova Scotia? I will tell you New York City is about as complete opposite of Nova Scotia as possible. Um, I know I know you guys probably felt similar to this growing up. Like I looked at Halifax as like the big city, like on the weekend. Oh, we're going to Halifax. We're going to the big city. Uh, it is like like a fraction of a fraction the size of New York City. So it's still taken me. It's taken me some time to get used to the subway system. Uh, intimidating. Wasn't used to that. Um, but uh, I've also I've all, I moved here just last start of last month, start of September. And that's the start of the NFL season, obviously. And that's my busy season. So I haven't had a lot of free time to explore yet, but I love it so far. man. it's 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 crazy. I was going to ask you, too, while we're on that topic, is, is there just like bags of trash all over the streets? <laughs> in a sense yeah so <laughs> that was one of the things i had to figure out so like for garbage there's just like alleyways and you just toss your garbage bags in the alleyway and then someone i don't know if it's who owns the building or like sanitation they put it out onto the sidewalk on garbage day and it's just a huge pile of garbage bags so most of the city to be honest just smells like like there's always a faint smell of garbage to, to be honest that sounds like a terrific spot what a documentary that would be <laughs> just rolling through garbage collection in oh, new those, york city i i can imagine those people are criminally underpaid 100 <laughs> yeah, percent um one yeah. more thing about new york quick sorry what were you gonna say I was just going to say, I'd like all the trucks go around like through night to like nighttime, like 2 a.m. You just hear garbage trucks driving by all the time. It's all done overnight. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen any of those giant rats? Yeah, I've seen rats. That's I'll never get used to that. I <laughs> oh, hate rats. I, I hate, and, and, they, and they're, they're not afraid of humans. So you'll just be walking on the sidewalk and they'll just like run out in front of you. Also, oh. I hear cockroaches are a thing here. I've thankfully not seen any cockroaches yet. Not looking forward to that. All right. So I guess we'll jump into it a little bit. Um, what kind of like when you look at there's a big debate between the American and the decimal system for the um, for the odds and stuff like you have the plus and then whatever. I, I can't I don't even know which one's which which one's American. Yeah. So plus American. I'm not even sure if it's a, a debate, Ian, but when we're talking about odds and gambling, I'm sure you use the American system. Um, yeah. Is I'm the plus. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Plus the, and minus. Yeah. yeah. Plus and minus. So and that reference is usually a hundred dollar unit. And, you know, if, if, if it's plus, then you would plus 150, you would put $150 down to win a hundred dollars back. Correct. Or no, the other way around. The opposite minus, way. minus 150, you put $150, $150 down to win a hundred. And then if it's plus 150, you put a hundred dollars to win 150. Yeah. I find that 
a little bit confusing. I like the decimal system personally. I understand the, the plus system. Tell us a little bit about what you use. And I guess, I mean, the, 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 the betting landscape is all over the American system. That's really what's, that's what's utilized, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically almost all American. I mean, you guys probably know decimal because pro lines has grown up when we were betting uh, pro lines back in Nova Scotia. It's all decimals, right? Decimals are easy, but it, in my opinion, decimals get hard once you once it's a favorite because then it's like 1.08 and it's like I don't even... Um, but when it's like an underdog, it's a little bit easier, but yeah, I've used American almost my entire time since I got out of pro lines and started betting online instead. Um, and then there's fractional as well. Fractional they use in Europe a little bit, but around here, you see that mostly with horse racing is fractional. Um, but you have to have math to, to understand what you're doing with that. So fractional, I probably understand the least amount, um, dabbled into it a little bit when I got into horse racing during the pandemic, but, uh, American, <laughs> American is definitely the easiest for sure. Cause it's, yeah, it's just all based on underdog bets. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the stuff I like. So you measure all of your wins and all of your handicapping with the units measurable. Yeah. So I guess this kind of segues into another question we have, but I mean, what are some of the outrageous numbers that you've heard from some of your followers? What are the, what's kind of like the biggest size units and what would you recommend just kind of a casual sports better to be using as a unit? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, some people are insane. I mean, I it, 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 some guys will tail my picks and then they'll like show me a screenshot of the bet and be like, hey, man, I tailed your pick. And it's like a thousand dollars on the game. And I'm like, eh. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I for I mean, a casual better five bucks, 10 bucks. I mean, it all comes down to like what your specific financial situation is. My opinion is when you lose a bet, um, you should be mad about it or upset about it for about five minutes. And if you're upset about it for like longer than five, 10 minutes, then you're probably betting a little bit too much. I mean, if you really want to be responsible, uh, put a, put aside a certain amount of money that you're willing to gamble at the start of each month. If you have a bad month and you run out of that amount, then just wait till next month. Uh, so then you can kind of work it into your budget, but, um, it, it really all comes down to kind of what your own financial situation is like. But I mean, some people, obviously I've seen some crazy units. I mean, 500,000. I mean, professional, professional. So I'm, I'm not a professional. My, I don't make my living betting on sports. I create sports betting content. Professional bettors, for you to make a living betting on sports, you have to bet $1,500 a game minimum. These guys are usually doing like $2,000, $3,000, $4,000, $5,000 dollars a game. Because over the long period of time, a good season in a sport, you're up maybe like 25 units. If you're betting $10 a game, up 25 units is 250 bucks. You're not going to make a living doing that. So but then if you if you're up 25 units betting, you know, $2500 a game, then you can kind of make a living. So, uh you got to have some balls to be an actual professional sports better. Balls that I do not have or the income to have to be able to gamble that much on on a single game. So, it it varies uh, uh pretty wildly. So, what percentage of that population of the people who have the professional betters that have these gigantic units, say $100,000, $500,000, are these the people that move the lines? Yes. So sport, yeah. So sports books don't move lines. Generally, don't move lines based on what you call the public betters, which is just the common better. That's why sometimes you see. I mean, you can look up sites and see uh, how many bets are on a certain team uh, uh, as opposed to the other team. Like in the NFL, let's say just for example, Falcons Dolphins this week. These aren't the actual numbers. So I don't even look them up. But sometimes you'll see um, like eighty percent of money on the Dolphins, but the line moves the opposite way, which doesn't make any sense. But that's because sports books listen to what's called sharp betters um and they'll they'll kind of lay their stake with them so if they see sharp betters 
betting on one side of the line, but public on the other, they'll move towards where the sharp betters are, are betting. Cool. No, absolutely. I mean, you hear that all the time. Like, you know, the odds have shifted. Obviously, the money's coming in. Yeah. Um, uh, tonight on, I mean, I, I was a little surprised, I guess we can, we can talk about it a little bit, but so we've got uh, dolphins on the road in, in, uh, in Cleveland tonight. Um, the Broncos are dogs, which I was a little bit surprised about. I actually didn't see if Chubb and, um, and Kareem Hunt were, were both out, but I know Baker Mayfield's out. We've got the backup Case Keenum, the journeyman, the Mr. Serviceable backup. Um, but you know, what, what are you, what was your best bet on, uh, I guess on tonight and walk us through Thursday night football. Yeah, I'm on the Browns. It's down to minus one and a half after Baker Mayfield uh, got ruled out. But um, yeah, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are both out. But when it comes to sports betting, one of the big things I do when it comes to like injuries, like the line was th- at three, Baker Mayfield was ruled out, got, went down to minus one and a half. So moved a point and a half. When injuries happen, the general public usually overreacts to it and bets on the opposite side. So everyone's jumping on the Broncos right now. But I'm, I'm a big underreact guy. So yeah. if there's a big injury and the line moves, I'll, st- I'll stick with that team. I did it last week. Uh, Russell Wilson ruled out, obviously, broken finger for the Seahawks. Everyone jumped on the Steelers. I stayed on the Seahawks. Geno Smith is fine. Their offense was fine without him. Was I going to bet on the Seahawks to win? No, but I think the spread was six points. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of an important key thing is don't automatically jump on the other side when an injury happens. So for that reason, I'm staying on the Browns tonight. Just a better offensive line, better defensive line, more complete team. Broncos are the worst offense in the NFL on third down, which is a big stat that I look at in the NFL. That's kind of shows a sign of a bigger picture of how good an offense is. And then I don't think the Broncos are that great on offense. So I'm sticking with the Browns. We'll see what happens. So anything could happen. And I think I find the biggest thing in the NFL too is is you know one man's injury is another man's opportunity and and I mean can you imagine being the third string fourth string running back sitting behind Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb this is an opportunity for a running back in Cleveland system to really show what he's got be interesting to see I'm not even sure who it is um but I don't even know his name either but I mean yeah that's a great this is the NFL they're all professional football players they're all good and Case Keenum's a perfectly fine he's probably one of the better backups in the NFL it's not like this is college football where the first string guy's a five-star recruit going the NFL and then his backup is some bum or something like that these guys are all professionals definitely um okay yeah so this week uh I mean obviously October brings playoff baseball and uh, baseball has been, you know, alive and well for the last few months. I'm not sure if you handicap baseball or not, um, but something that Nate and I talk about quite often is, is the uh, the playoff format in baseball and how we think it's foolish, how we think it's outdated. Just kind of what are your thoughts on uh, the MLB playoffs and, and uh, you know, what uh, the format with the one game and then the five game DS followed by the seven game CS and then the world series. Do you think more teams should be involved in the playoffs you know, what's your overall opinion on the, how the MLB does the playoff format? Yeah, I do handicap baseball, especially in the middle of summer. There's not much else to bet on, really, baseball and golf, which I do love betting on golf as well. But for the playoff format, yeah, of course, especially this year. I'm sure you guys are probably Blue Jays fans as well. I assume you are, maybe. Um, the Blue Jays got screwed, man. They should have been in the playoffs. Uh, last, I think last year's playoff format was a lot better. Um, that they had during the shortened season. I was surprised that they kind of went back to the traditional format, but baseball needs to catch up in a lot of, uh, they need to modernize their sport, their formats and things like that. So, um, cause I don't think there's a big young audience in baseball. No. Um, more, t- more teams, the better in the playoffs, man. I'm always going to be for pro more teams, especially cause the blue Jays always seem like they're just outside the playoff window. Well, that's what we were talking about one time too. We said, like I said, when I was young, uh, you just look at the Yankees and Red Sox. I, I was a firm believer the Blue Jays were simply never going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Being in the AL East. So 
but I think it's also ridiculous. I mean, you play 162 games and like the wildcard game's electric. It's cool, but it's like you play this entire season and then you go for one game. It's well, just, yeah, the, the Dodgers this year are the second best record in Major League Baseball, and they are in a wild card game. Like that's yeah, insane. They, they, start if in they the messed world. up one game, that's it. They're done. Yeah. No, absolutely. And you think, I mean, that's the one sport you can play twice a day. I mean, it's yeah. not like you know the calendar <laughs> is restricting the opportunity yeah. to expand the playoffs. Another debate that's come out of the MLB recently and uh is the is the automated umpire. And I just kind of wanted to hear your opinion on that. And and uh where do you think the direction of the umping of the MLB is headed? It's a great question, man. Cause I, I see the argument on both sides of it. I see, I see how, I mean, you kind of like the human error aspect of it. That's kind of what makes sports fun, but also at the, at the end of the day, you put so much work and effort into these games, the teams so much riding on it, so much money riding on it for, you know, a team to lose because the ump just blew a call kind of sucks too. So I'm not sold on either side of it, to be honest. I think I would like to at least see robot umps, um tried out to see how it would go but i don't know i don't how do you guys feel about it i was thinking kind of like if you could have a maybe a system where they could challenge a call and go to it mm. but that's another thing too where it's just kind of maybe extend the game make it a little longer because the baseball game's already yeah is that just going to slow down the game like how many challenges do you get there's so many pitches in the game right yeah that's yeah. yeah, tough <clears throat> so i read a stat that in game three of the red sox astros there was 23 missed calls so that a missed call would have been a a ball that was a strike or a strike of the ball and 12 of them were in favor of the red sox 11 of them were in favor of the the astros so the human error of it all i mean you know it it, it just depends i mean what an umpire can do is they establish their strike zone and Mm -hmm. so you know through the first few innings you kind of get a feel for where pitchers are missing where they're getting strikes called the batters adjust to that so you know on earlier episodes you know, I, I've, you know, I've been, you know, I guess you know, documented by saying that, uh, you know, I was for the automation. I'm not sure, sure if I am. Uh, I'm kind of caught in the middle where I, I see the benefits of both sides. But I think that, you know, if I could get some more data on, you know, the umpire's errors and who's being in favor, obviously it's going to, you know, trend towards another team. But, you know, it is fun to have the umpire back there and, and uh, you know, we'll see where it's headed. I mean, I, I don't mind the challenge, Nate. I think you're onto something there. You know, I think if they could do it like tennis, like tennis doesn't really slow it down that much. I mean, it's instant. Right. You put the replay up, you see if it's uh, if it's in or out, you see if it's a ball or strike and you move on. Uh, but you can't have unlimited of those because, I mean, you know, how many guys yeah. are going to be at the plate, you know, looking for a challenge? Um, so Ian, this is why our listeners should go listen to the Bacon Bets podcast because you were betting on every single NFL game and you are red hot to say the least. So how's that going? How, you know, what are some of your strategies to handicap in the NFL? I mean, you know, how do you go about it? You sit down, you look at the board and you say, you know, this is how I'm going to go about it. Obviously you're a huge NFL fan, but you know, how would you go about your everyday NFL picks? Yeah. I mean, first of all, I'd love to just pat myself on the back and say I'm a fantastic handicapper and I'm a genius, but to be honest, boys, sports betting is more luck than anything else. Yes. I'm hot right now. I am happy that I'm hot right now. I'm enjoying it, but uh, this could turn south very quick. Even just like start of this year, January, February, I was betting on college basketball and I love betting college basketball. I could not hit a bet. I would spend 30 minutes looking at a game before deciding what, what side to bet on. And I just kept losing no matter what. So I've, I've been in the game long enough. I know, I know this could turn south pretty quick, but I'm enjoying it. As far as what my handicapping process is, there's two big things that I would recommend for people who, um, 
are getting into sports betting, are get, getting into handicap, hap, handicapping. Number one is stats, man. Stats, statistics are the only thing that's tan, tangible uh, that we can use when trying to predict the outcome of the game. Um, styles make matchups, and that's especially true in a few sports. NFL is one of them. Um, for example, last week, Ravens Chargers. Um, Chargers had the worst run defense in the NFL, and they're facing the Ravens, who you guys know, you know, their whole offense is based on running the football. So that was an easy bet for me to make. But if you don't look at the stats, you just think, oh, the Chargers have been red hot lately. Justin Herbert's a big MVP candidate. Oh, they're an underdog. They're going to crush the Ravens. Well, if you look at the stats and you kind of figure out what team, what things teams are good at, what they're bad at, then you kind of get a better understanding of what actually is going to happen. And the other thing that I would say that is something that, I'm learning more and more lately is to not fall to these like psychological fallacies and tropes that you hear all the time in the sports betting world that drive me nuts. Things like, Oh, this team's motivated. Oh, it's a must win game. They're going to come out hot. Oh, you know, uh, it's a look ahead spot. Oh, this is a, he's due. Yeah, exactly. Oh, they're due. There's no way they can lose three games in a row. Uh, None of these things are true or have any effect on the game. It is motivation a factor in sports. Sure. But you can't, you're not in the locker room. You can't measure that. There's no stat for how motivated the team is going to be. So even though while that may play a factor, you can't measure it yourself. And you just assuming that a team's motivated because they lost to the team the last time they played against them, that, that that's ridiculous. So I that's what I see more often than anything else. I see guys on Twitter selling picks, and then I read up the reasoning for why they're on a team. Like opening night of the NBA, the amount of guys I saw who were betting on the Nets against the Bucks. Because it was a big revenge spot for last year's playoffs. They're going to be motivated. They don't want to lose to the Bucks again. It's like, that's nothing to do with it. It's the opening <laughs> night of the NBA season. I'm sure both teams are pretty motivated to win. So uh, those would be the two things. Try to try to um, not use those fallacies and, and try to look at the stats and get a better understanding of what's actually going to go, uh, what, what's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. Uh, switching gears just a little bit into hockey. What do you think about the Leafs this year? <laughs> what are you guys Leafs fans who do you guys cheer no, no, no. I don't even know Capitals and Greg's Bruins what are you guys doing cheering for American teams boys at least choose some Canadian teams well I'll give you the um, right now my my grandparents on both sides grew up in Massachusetts I've got right. family who lived there so that's where we that's the hub that I've gone to every summer of my life and that's the sports teams that we grew up going to watch and and you know being around that's yeah. fair. I'll give I'll give you a pass on that then. What do I think about the Leafs? I mean, it's going to be the same thing, boys. I mean, this is I'm numb to the pain at this point. They're going to have a fantastic regular season, be one of the top teams in the East. And they're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. It's already decided. <laughs> I hate them okay. so much. I love them so much, but I hate them so much. Yeah, it's interesting what they're doing there in Toronto. And obviously, you know, while delegating the huge contracts to the four individuals, Neilander, Tavares, Marners, and Matthews, um, you've got to kind of play this, you know, miss, miss, uh, mix and match role with these guys who have the $750 million contracts. And yeah. I'm very interested right now, being a Bruins fan, I watched Nick Ritchie for the last two years play. How are you feeling about his role right now in the top line in Toronto? Um, I know Bunting's looked pretty good. David Camps looked pretty good. I mean, they've got some guys that they brought in who are playing well, but I just wanted to know how you were feeling about Nick Ritchie on that top line. Yeah, I mean, my, my main concern with the Leafs, man, is is their de- is their defense. That's 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 the only thing I'm concerned about with the Leafs for the past number of years. Score as many goals as you want. I don't care who's on the top line, second line. You you, you got to do something in your in in your own end, and that's what's killed them every single year. Killed them in the playoffs last year. Teams who are in the NHL, in my opinion, that are that are good regular season teams and can't 
make it in the playoffs or because they're not good in their own end. I mean, look at the playoffs last year. The teams who succeed, succeed in the playoffs, the Canadians, great defensively last year. The Islanders, great defensively last year. Lightning, obviously good both sides of the ring. So my main concern about the Leafs is, is what's going to happen in the defensive end. Yeah, absolutely. So so you're a season ticket holder with the Islanders? <laughs> I'm going to show up to – I don't know. Do you guys know my beef with the Islanders fans? Oh, of course. I, I was going to bring it up right before the Leafs thing just so because one of the playbook questions is, so I just wanted to give the listeners uh, kind of an idea. But uh, maybe you could explain it a little more thoroughly. Yeah, so – a, a couple of years ago, I obviously I, I put out videos with picks and I put out a video. Um, the, the Islanders were playing the lightning and it was like in December. So this was 2019 heading into the 20. Yeah. The end of 2019, I believe it was um, the, the Islanders were one of the top teams in the standings at the time. I made a pick and I took lightning on the puck line. So for the lightning to win by at least two goals. And I started the video off by saying the New York Islanders are frauds. <laughs> and I just went in about how, yes, they're one of the top teams in the Eastern conference, but it's a fraudulent record. They're not that good. Um, the, uh, the Islanders went on to win that game, unfortunately. So I looked like an idiot and we all know freezing cold takes, freezing old takes, whatever they, they retweeted me oh, and then huh. it just blew up. And my DMS, my reply, I didn't know there were that many Islanders that fans that existed, but there are a lot of them and they're all insane. Um, <laughs> so my, my DMS, just people just killing me, roasting me. I got into it with um, John Taffer from uh, bar rescue. No way. <laughs> this guy stinks. Uh, Kevin Connolly from Entourage, yeah, yeah. from Entourage. He's a big Islanders fan. He got into it with me. I was just getting Frankie Borelli from uh, Barstool was getting into it with me. I was just getting bombarded. So, and of course, I just leaned into it and I kept kept calling them frauds. So that's your um, now. Exactly. So the yeah. Leafs play the Islanders uh, November twentieth, I think. I'm going to try to go, but also the Islanders, I mean, you guys, the Islanders are playing like 14 road games straight because they're, I guess their new stadium's not ready yet. So that the Leafs playing there is their second game in the new stadium. I looked at tickets and they're expensive. So I'm going to try to go. If not, I think they play against the Islanders here again later in the season, but I'm going to go and I'm going to tweet out to those Islanders fans that I'm there and I'll be there in my Leafs jersey and I'll be cheering loud when the Leafs win about five to two. So I'm excited for that. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess, you know, we'll stick in hockey for a little bit and, and you know, the approach to to handicapping hockey, obviously it's statistics driven uh, is, is what you're telling us. And that's the best way to go about it. And, and you're kind of looking at, uh, I'm assuming goals for goals against and, and offensive production. Um, you know, I'm trying to trying to figure out, um, okay, we just had Drake Batherson score his first goal of the season. So we're excited about that. Shout out Drake. Nice goal, buddy. buddy. Uh, it's just on the screen. <laughs> Shout out Drake Batherson. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so I guess, you know, what are your, some of your tactics in handicapping the NHL and what are some kind of key, um, components to, to betting on that? NHL is one of the, in my opinion, one of the more toughest sports to bet on. Um, cause it, there, there's so much variance. There's only a couple goals each game. The puck's bouncing all over the place. You could handicap a game perfectly. One goalie plays like shit and your bet lost or I guess if it's the opposite side, your bet's going to win or the other one goalie stands on his head. There's just a lot of variance in NHL. Two stats that I look at the most, one in the handicapping world for hockey is, is polarizing. Some people love it. Some people hate it. And that's Corsi. I'm yeah. sure you guys are familiar with Corsi. Yeah. I like it. Some people hate it. Um, and the other one is high danger scoring chances, both for and against. I think that's a pretty good indication of, of kind of what you're doing in your own. And that's why you look at the Leafs. 
way, they rank way high up at the top of the standings in high danger scoring chances for, and then bottom of the standings, high dan- danger scoring chances against really just tells a story of, of that team. So you like the over, those are the one sorry, what's that? <laughs> so you like the over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those, those games, those yeah. games, you got to like the over. So yeah, uh, those are, those are kind of the two big stats that I look at. Handicapping NHL is tough though. Uh, let's do a little NBA season preview before we get into the playbook here. Who's your top four in the Eastern Conference? Start things off. I will say I'm not the biggest NBA guy, but I will come up with four teams in the Eastern Conference top four. Um, Bucks, obviously. Yeah. Heat. Yep. 76ers and Hawks. Okay. okay. Am I missing an obvious team? Well, I mean, I'm. I don't I'm, have notes, so that was off I'm the top. Bullish of my on head. the Bulls. The Bulls have got a lot better this year. Um, they brought in Demar Derozan. They brought in Lonzo Ball from New Orleans. They had Vucevic last year. The trade deadline from Orlando's just a machine on the offensive defensive board. So I think the Bulls are going to have a good year. They got in Alex Caruso from the Lakers. Uh, top four, good, though. Uh, what's that? I top think four. <laughs> I think top four. I, I think they're better than the Hawks um, and the 76ers. You can make an argument for, but I mean, losing Ben Simmons. I mean, obviously, they're top-end talent. Joel Embiid's going to be an MVP candidate, and Tobias Harris is a fantastic player as well. But I don't know with Ben Simmons going – I mean, he's he, – as much as people want to shit on Ben Simmons, he's a heck of a basketball player. And offensively, obviously, he's struggled in the playoffs, but he's very good. Um, I think the Nets as well. Um, oh, Nets. So yeah, that, that was, I knew I was missing an obvious yeah, The Nets, yeah. obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, those are – I like that top four. I mean, I think uh, I think the Hawks is surprising. I mean, I mean, obviously um, – you know, Trey is, is, is an amazing player. And, and I'm going to uh, sub out the Hawks for the Nets now. So okay. Heat, Nets, 76ers, Bucks. Yeah. And honestly, I find it too, <laughs> it's fairly easy to project the, project the top four in each conference. I mean, the teams are just so heavily superstar weighted in, in, the, in, the, in the NBA right now. Um, how about the Western Conference? Who do you like coming top four in the Western Conference? All right. Obviously, Lakers. Um, I know the teams. I do. I want to. So I'll go. Jazz, and I'll go Suns. We'll get back up there, and then my surprise team in the West for the season. I have high expectations. Is the Mavericks? Yeah, I know they have absolutely no one except for Luca, but I think Luca is going to take another step forward, even better than what he was last year. Because what he's still only what 21, 22 years old. Um, I think he might be MVP as well. I hope Dallas makes some kind of move at the uh, before the trade deadline to kind of get them a little bit of help, but I, they're going to be kind of my surprise team. I'll put them there in the, in the fourth spot. Oh, I like that a lot. I mean, I think that we can kind of preview that. That was my envy pick of the, of the season is Luca. I mean, if you look around the league, a lot of the superstars, a lot of the guys that are going to be candidates outside of Giannis have some superstar talent around them. Luca's kind of the only guy that's on his own and is really going to be almost a guaranteed top five performer every night in the NBA. So, yeah, I really like that pick for MVP. I've got the Lakers, Warriors, Clippers, and then I've kind of got the Jazz and Nuggets. I really like the Nuggets, obviously, with last year's MVP. They got Michael Porter Jr., who hasn't really you know played to, to his ceiling yet. Uh, Jamal Murray, Canadian, who, who I love. So I, I think Denver's going to be really good. The Jazz are a great team. The Clippers, I mean, Kawhi and Paul George can bring a team a long way, in my opinion. Um, why is not going to be back for a while that's why i left clippers out and okay. why i left uh, nuggets so uh because jamal murray's hurt as well both those guys won't come back until about halfway through so that's why i left those guys those, uh, those i think they'll still be playoff teams um tough to be a top four team without kind of your two best well jamal murray's probably number two on that team but absolutely It'd be tough to to sniff out a top four i mean they'll definitely be hanging around for the playoff contention i like that Ian. yeah 
well, thank you for updating me on my injuries. Uh, <laughs> a couple sleeper picks I have are the Minnesota Timberwolves and Ooh. New York Knicks. Uh, those oh, are yeah. Okay. Sleeper teams that I have in the NBA this season. What are your thoughts on those two teams? I uh, like the Knicks a lot. So I, I, I even, you know, I don't, I've never claimed an NBA team. I used to obviously kind of cheer for the Raptors a little bit. I call myself a heat fan, but I don't think I could name the starting five on the heat right now. So I think I'm going to adopt the Knicks because I'm in New York. Now I live in Brooklyn, but I mean, I can't become a Brooklyn Nets fan. That's just, nobody wants to cheer for the we'll have to get you an RJ Barrett Exactly. RJ Barrett, Canadian on the Knicks. I'm going to try to go to a couple of Knicks games. So yeah, I like the Knicks. I got a couple of coworkers who are diehard Knicks fans as well. One guy was at the opening game last night. That was a thriller to be at, I'm sure. So um, yeah, I like the Knicks. What was your, what was your West? Oh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Yes, sir. I'm a big, okay. Yeah. I'll give you some narrative. So I'm a bit of an outlandish narrative guy and probably that, like that guy that you were like, so so in the last two years, Carl Anthony Towns lost his grandmother and his mother to COVID, I believe, or one of his parents. And yeah, uh, his mom, for sure. Mom, yeah. His mom, for sure. And I'm pretty sure a grandparent as well. Just an unbelievable talent. I think he's one of the guys in the NBA that slept on last night, uh, close to it. Actually, I think it was 30 and 10. Uh, but he's a great player in night in, night out. I think D'Angelo Russell is also a great player. And they have the number one pick from from three years ago, Anthony Edwards, or two years ago, yep. uh, who still you know, is, uh, is growing in the NBA as well. So. I like that team. I think that uh, they could surprise some people. That's why they have them as a sleeper. I mean, obviously, too, they could, you know, shove it in my face and be an absolute, you know, you know, 13th seed in, in the West. But I think that they're, they're a team that's going to grow this year and, and take a stride into maybe being in that, you know, that play-in game that they've brought into the NBA now. Um, but I think, Ian, before we close things up, we are going to enter our fan favorite segment with you. So buckle up. And, um, you know, get your thinking cap on because this oftentimes sends people um, off the rail. I'm nervous. We are going into the playbook. We are going into the offensive room. You get your head coach going over 34 zones. And we've got the playbook coming at you, okay? So uh, first question, you're in Times Square. You're in Times Square <laughs> with the girl of your dreams. You have just reeled in, you know, a, a well-known Hollywood A-list woman who she's great looking, Ooh. and you're on a you're on a you're on a second date with her in times, not in times. <laughs> I apologize. You're in Central Park. <laughs> okay. And Central Park is it's a sunny summer day, and it is jam-packed. But oh, you, you've had some fantastic pizza for lunch, and you are starting to cramp up, and you need to use the bathroom <laughs> very terribly, unbearably bad. What is your play? That's tough. The, the the first half of that question was so unrealistic, but the second half I can relate to quite a bit. To be honest. Um, fun fact about New York, not enough public bathrooms. I've been here like a month and I've already gone out a couple of times and I just need to take a piss and there's just nowhere to take a piss around. So now, now in this scenario, I need, I need to do a number two. Oh boy. The woods aren't even really thick enough either in Central Park to go in the woods. It's jam-packed. I love in the breakdown right now. I think I would have to say, hey, let's go grab a bite to eat. I am starving. And as soon as we get a seat at a restaurant, the nearest restaurant close by, uh, Seinfeld restaurant's kind of close by, actually. Apparently, the food's terrible. As soon as we sit down in the <laughs> restaurant, I have to excuse myself and go to the bathroom. So even though we're in Central Park, we're on a nice date, listen, I'm starving. I need to eat right now or I'm going to collapse. And then as soon as we get to the restaurant, I go in the bathroom. 
Okay. Well, I, I like it. Listen, I mean, that's a great play in, but you had not, you couldn't, you couldn't buy that much time to get to the nearest <laughs> restaurant. So it was either find a spot in central park. There or are no spots. <laughs> yeah. right. yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think there's enough spots. It's, it's the, the woods aren't that deep. That'd be tough. I guess I just shit myself. Yeah, I was dying. There it is, folks. No. <laughs> That's what we wanted. Yeah, what we want to hear. It's what the people yeah. want. All right, second one, Ian. You're at the Islanders game versus the Leafs that you spoke of. You wore your Perfect. Leafs jersey. You were loud all night long. They beat them five two. You walk out of the arena, and there's about fifty people who recognize you from Twitter. These Islanders fans that can't stand you. They're drunk. They're rowdy. They're ready to rock. Yep. They get you cornered in an alleyway. Yep. What's your play? cornered in, in, in uh do i have anyone else with me or am i just by myself well, lonesome bleepsters shit okay if i'm still by myself i have to whip out my camera and start filming because that's fantastic content first of all so that's really <laughs> my only it, concern bro. and i would edge them on even more okay. what are they gonna do what are they gonna do? beat me up yeah well, that's what i talked about when we spoke about. i said i'd probably play dead <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, just i like that play bring up the camera and then just start beating yeah, yeah. I mean, worst yeah, case video, yeah. video you get. You got to make content out of it. Oh, absolutely. All right. Uh, for the final playbook, Ian, you're in Times Square. So I'll get this one correct. You're not in Central Park. You're in Times Square this time. Right. <laughs> You've got the New York Mafia. It's about midnight and they have run you down. They've, there's about three Mafia members and they give you a bag of $100,000 cash. And they say, you've got 24 hours to double this cash on sports betting. What is your play? What are you betting on? I only have one day. Got one day, 24 hours. It is what day in, of the week is it? You, you, have, you have any sports. Okay, any sport. It could be in March. I know that's kind of your sweet spot. It could be, you know, you've got any sport. It could be any Damn. time of the year. But you've got 24 hours to double this money. Bet on the Leafs to beat the Islanders. No. <laughs> <laughs> that is risky. <laughs> am I if am I only allowed one bet and I have to double it? Just one bet? No, nope, no. Nope. You could you could throw it around. You can diversify your portfolio. And I go, I got to double it though. That's tough. Because I can't really take any big favorites. Because like I'd have to bet on like twenty massive favorites, and one was bound to lose. I'll just look at the NFL board, pick my favorite spread bet, and just pray to gambler the gambling god. That's all I got. Yeah. I mean, I only have 24 hours. You only you, you kind of just need to pick a game and go with it. Because if you try to divvy it up and you try to make too many bets, uh, a couple of them are going to lose and then you're going to be screwed. You kind of have to just pick your best bet of the night and go with it. All righty. Well, that's what's your best bet this week? We get the NFL board. What's your favorite spread pick of the week? We'll give it out on our social media this week as well. My best bet, I'm getting aggressive with it. I'm taking an underdog on the money line. You can be a little bit more conservative if you want. Take them on the spread. I love the Cincinnati Bengals this okay. week against the Ravens, and I'm taking them on the money line. I got to like plus 235. Um, another thing about betting on sports, especially the NFL, is you, you kind of have to treat it like, a, like the stock market, sell high on teams, buy low on other teams. Ravens are in a massive sell high spot right now that huge comeback against the Colts two weeks ago beat a very good Chargers team last week um, but don't forget the Ravens needed a 66 yard field goal to beat the Detroit Lions a few weeks ago let's not forget that and the Bengals 
very impressive this year. They actually have a much better offense than the Ravens do statistically second in a stat called opponent yards per play, which I look at quite a bit. They're also very good at stopping the run seventh in opponent yards per carry. And you know, if you want to stop the Ravens, you have to be able to stop the run and they've done a good job of that so far. Still only six games, small sample size um, and a little bit of, of a different uh, Ravens have definitely had a, a, had a tougher schedule, but I uh, love the Bengals this week. The spread's six and a half points, so you can take that. I'm getting aggressive and taking their money line. I love it. I love it. Well, listen, Ian, once again, you can follow him on Twitter, Ian MacBets. That's Ian, I-A-I-N, MacBets on Twitter. Go listen to the Bacon Bets podcast. This guy is red hot. You don't have to buy his picks. He gives them out like a logical human being. Go follow him on all the social platforms. Give him some love. Listen, Ian, we really appreciate you coming on, man. We'll catch up later on down the road. And uh, and listen, good luck betting. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it, guys. Anytime and next time I come on, I'm going to come on with a couple playbooks for you guys. How about that? Love it. Love it.